This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. Hi, this is Levon Kirkland. You listen to the SteelerNation.com podcast. Hey, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host, G Stryker, and today we welcome one of our newest up-and-coming authors over on SteelerNation.com, Mike Stifler. We've got the Stifler and Stryker show on SteelerNation.com. How you doing, Stifler? Oh, I'm doing great. I mean, it's raining down here in Tampa, Florida, but I uh, couldn't be more excited. Football's back. Steeler News is back. They're, on, you know, they're off today, so you know, I'm ready just to dive in and talk about what's been going on the past couple of weeks with the Steelers. Perfect. Yeah, and that's, that's the big stuff, too. And I, I wanted to touch base on a few of your articles here quick before we get into the padded practice, because that's obviously we're all excited. The practice is happening. It seems like the, um, like the COVID numbers have gotten good, too. And you just helped correct me, too, because I track all of the players for injuries and everything. And that's on SteelerNation.com. If you click on the forum, we usually have it sticky there. Um, I'll write an article and I'll put it up there, too. But it's a good bookmark to have because I'll track the roster fines um who gets promoted who gets put on ir uh and then the the week-to-week injuries so we know who's going to be playing each week because i like to write i'm a geek i like to write about uh you know predicting the active roster each week so (laughs) (laughs) one of my dumb things that i love doing but hey it's it's Steelers stuff so i got that's why i bleed it but going to um your information then uh that, that i wanted to touch base on first was you wrote an article about uh, Cam Hayward being unhappy with his contract negotiations. And uh, can you tell Steeler Nation then how that's going? Yeah, I mean, obviously Cam Hayward, he's in the last year of his deal with the Steelers. Um, you know, right now, it, he's kind of in a tough spot because, you know, he's come off three Pro Bowl years, two of the, two of the three are all pro. Um, yeah. Then also you got to kind of dive into the fact that he is turning 31. So even though he's playing great, he is aging up there, and we know the Steelers and how, you know, they don't want to pay for what you did. They yeah. want to pay for what you're going to do. Um, and not only that, but then the salary cap situation. So with the uncertainty there, I mean, who knows what it's going to be at. I, I know the NFL has given a number of $175 million, which is yeah. roughly 13 to 14 below the cap this season. Yes. So, 
Uh, I mean, that's putting them in a tough spot because right now they're already 10 mil over the cap. Yep. And I mean, Cam Hayward, you can't say enough good things about him. I mean, he, I mean, he is the heart and soul of defense. Um, he's a team captain. And like I said, I mean, you know, past uh, two out of three years, been an all pro. So, I mean, it wouldn't look good, you know, on the Steelers to go ahead and let him go off of that. But, you know, with the numbers where they're at now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, to me personally, I, I was with you. I just reviewed the cap numbers today, and it looks like they're at like 189-plus million on for the projected cap for 40 players next year. Steelers still have to fit another, you know, 13 players on the roster. Obviously, they only count the, the, the next 11 uh, toward the cap numbers. But, you know, the only way I'm trying to see how these numbers are going to work out is the Steelers might have to just wait to give him a new contract next year that is, you know, has, has a uh, decent signing bonus, essentially zero salary, uh, just to fit them in some kind of way. Because as you discussed earlier there, Stifler, you said that $175 million, that's a tough number to hit. And at least we know that's the floor. That's the worst case scenario for what the cap is going to be next year. So anything above $175 million is going to start helping out the Steelers tremendously. And until, like, you know, because – if they need to sign anybody, they're going to have to start making some significant cuts. And uh, yeah, and it's not like out how to it's not like they money. have a lot of cap left over either. I mean, they're sitting there. I think they have roughly over four million right now where they're going into it. Um, you know, that's kind of like their little safety net right now. And if anybody gets injured in camp, which luckily, you know, knock on wood, they haven't seen anything too bad yet. You know, I know we'll dive into that a little bit later. Yeah. But not much cap's going to carry over for him. And, I mean, the big thing is going to be Roethlisberger's number. I think he's somewhere like $41 million against yes. the cap next season. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully with that Super Bowl's plural that he indicated, maybe he gets another year tacked onto his current deal to help stretch out that money. But, I mean, it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to resign all these guys that they got coming up. Yeah. And the other big one, too, I know um... – uh, Sean McGowan was talking about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and he got to report on Steeler Nation as well. Um, but fortunately, we've got a breath of fresh fresh air happening right now with, uh, with Juju Smith-Schuster, and something that we're not used to seeing from receivers in general because we've had contract options and, 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 and problems with Antonio Brown, with Heinz Ward in the past. I know Heinz Ward held out once, but – what a breath of fresh air it is to hear at least Schuster Smith's perspective that he's not worried about the contract, whatever will happen will happen. He's there to play football and he'd love to be playing for the Steelers. There's also, I mean, you got guys like Odell Beckham Jr. You know, you know, all the whispers he wanted to be traded. Stephon Diggs, he was unhappy during the season last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Juju's just kind of staying quiet at this point. I mean, he knows last season uh, he had a tough year. It wasn't a good look on his behalf. He's kind of in, you know, no right right now to kind of go ahead and demand, you know, over, you know, $10 million a season. Um, I think what the average star receiver is going anywhere between 13 to 16 on the high end. So, I mean, that's a big number. And I mean, it's going to be tough to see Juju coming back next year. Um, you know, if you, he's produced very well, but he's in a spot right now, if he plays really great with Ben back this year, um, he's going to outplay himself out of the number. And then not only that, but then if he has another down year, there, what's the incentive for the Pittsburgh Steelers to keep him around with other guys that are going to need contracts as well? I mean, you got James Conner on top of Cam Hayward, Alejandro Villanueva, he's out there as well. Yeah. Um, it's just going to put Juju in a tough spot. And 
I mean, it's tough because I think all Steeler Nation loves him, loves the energy he brings. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough next year when it comes to the cap situation. Like I said, Juju's kind of put him in a spot where he knows he needs to go out there and ball, and, you know, hopefully that brings another Lombardi to Pittsburgh. But it's also going to help his pocketbook in the end. And, and that's tough, too, with the cap because you're saying it's like usually teams get into cap hell when they bring in a lot of outside free agents and overpay for them. And Steelers really – I mean, they bring, brought in a couple free agents. They got lucky with Joe Hayden. They got, they got incredible value, too, out of Nelson, but they're not overpaying for that talent. Their problem is they're drafting so well that these, these players that they're getting, they just can't retain. I mean, we just had to drop Hargrave this year. Phenomenal player, but he ended up being a luxury if you have to it and, and Hayward uh, healthy. And now we're coming up to it. You know, <laughs> you know we, we got all these young players that are – all pro caliber with Watt and, and Minka and Juju and Connor, which have all gotten Pro Bowl accolades. Um, and it's it's like being a victim of your own success with the way that the salary structure is, is weighted for players that end up becoming high caliber players and just having too many of them on the roster. I just don't, you know, it's, it's sickens me that we can't retain the talent that we, uh, you know, we help to draft and cultivate. Oh, no. I mean, Think about T.J. Watt's class. Watt, Connor, Juju, they're probably all deserving contracts. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine the Steelers' cap situation if a player like Ryan Shazier was still around and healthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, they would have had to pay him because he was drafted, I think, back in 2015. Yep. I mean, Bud yeah. Dupree's come along, and everybody kind of knows it's, uh, you know, we're, pay- we're paying him for one year to come out and ball, and, you know, hopefully he gets paid elsewhere. But, again, hopefully he helps us out this year. It's just yeah. it's tough to replace to you know, retain all these players, and then you have the aging guys like Pouncey, DeCastro, Big Ben. I mean, their contracts are spread over. You mentioned Joe Hayden. I mean, they just extended him. He's averaging like $13 million a year. It's just – it's tough when you have an embarrassment of riches. Yes. <laughs> and um, I wanted to also touch base on the article that you wrote to um, welcoming, obviously, Ike Hillard to the – Ike Hilliard, our new wide receivers coach to the team – um, really interesting to me because he being a, a former successful wide receiver understands the game and he's got a stocked cupboard. So why don't you tell us what about your article and the, what, how Ike Hale, Hilliard is responding to being a Pittsburgh Steeler? Yeah. So, um, I didn't know too much about him. Uh, honestly, um, I've been diving into a lot into the Zoom calls before practice that they have going on lately. Um, been diving into the post press conference. So, again, I kind of just knew Ike Hilliard just based off the basic profile. But, um, I mean, he had that Zoom call and personally impressed me. Um, I forgot that he was a receiver for, you know, the New York Giants. I know he was down here in Tampa Bay as well. So, I mean, he has that pedigree where he says where he can give the example of, hey, I'm going to leave these men because I've been there. I've done that. Um, but, I mean, what impressed me, I mean, he, you know, he was asked how he's treating, you know, this COVID offseason that everybody's in. And I mean, he, he didn't, you know, mince words about it. I mean, he said, you know, it's the same season over and over for everybody. So, I mean, I can't make excuses. I basically got to come in and attack it. I mean, he's basically just, he gives me shades of uh, Mike Tomlin, you know, kind of like the standard is the standard idea where, you know, we're not going to come in and play. We're going to play next man up, steal our football, be tough. And I mean, you know, he, again, he was very honest in the whole Zoom call, um, I forget which local beat reporter it was, but they asked him about 
who's going to be the leader in the locker room? Is it going to be, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster because he has, you know, the year's experience here. And, and he didn't hold back and he goes, it's going to be me. I'm going to be, I'm going to essentially be that guy for this locker room. Yeah. Um, I'm going to teach these guys how to prepare, you know, what to do right. He's going to teach them how to be professionals because, you know, he also has that experience in a young locker room. I mean, he was with the Washington Redskins last year. That locker room was led by rookie wide receiver Terry McLaurin, yeah. which was, you know, third round draft pick out of Ohio State. They didn't really have much working with there. But, you know, Hillier, Hillier's got a hell of a pedigree. I mean, he's he's been coaching under the Shanahan, started out with Mike, you know, worked with Kyle Shanahan as well. Jay Gruden, which as much as, you know, he had kind of that shadiness to him, he is a Gruden. And not only that, but his time at Washington, he was phenomenal. Or, uh, no, when he was in Cincinnati and Washington, those offenses were dynamic, too. And then, again, he's got boy genius, Sean McVay. He's got a little bit of coaching experience with him. So, I mean, he's touched all these offensive geniuses. So, I mean, I'm excited of what he's going to lead this, uh, you know, wide, young wide receiver room to. I mean, it, I don't know about you, but does it have shades of kind of the young money group of Wallace, Brown, Sanders to it? It does, especially when you're talking about, you know, like a 23-year-old, I guess 22-year-old now, uh, uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster being the veteran of the locker room. And, <laughs> I mean, because, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson is young. Uh, Washington is young, all drafted behind him. I mean, even though they're, they're about the same age, but uh, as far as for years' experience in the league, it's amazing to say that because last year we had a Dante Moncrief in the locker room, which was supposed to be that veteran experience. But now I guess it's probably Ryan Shazier, um, obviously because he's competing to hang on for the team. So he'd be the uh, the old vet in the locker room with that uh, with that group. I guess they've been in about, yeah. about the same amount of years now that I'm thinking about between him and uh, uh, Juju. Yeah, I mean, Switzer's the oldest guy technically at 25. But, yeah. I mean, like I said, Hilliard fully believes that he's going to be one of the guys to leave the locker room. And, I mean, yes. he even That's described true. each of the players, which was funny because they each kind of have their own skills. That He said, you know, James Washington, he's this freak athlete, which – you know, I've heard sentiments of that through different of these Zoom calls from the defenders. They've said, hey, James Washington, a freak. And then, you know, when talking about Claypool, I mean, the first sentence out of his mouth is, you can't teach 6'4", 238, 441 speed. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a freak athlete. And yeah. then he just said, Deontay needs to go out there, fine-tune a couple things. And then he said, Juju's just got to stay healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing coming off of last season. Just yeah. play a full 16, and you know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, and, and they're all changing their bodies and working hard, too. I mean, they, they look ready this year, and that's fun because now that we're getting into the camp talk, um, obviously the, when we talked, we said nobody's on the COVID list anymore, which is phenomenal news. As far as a couple nagging injuries that we still have in camp, uh, I know at least we had some uh, a scare from uh, Kevin Dotson and um, Dax, the, uh, the, the new tight end brought in from Chicago. Uh, yeah. Dax went down with a um, ankle injury. Uh, Dotson went down with a knee injury. Fortunately, new reports have come out that they are much less uh, severe than they than they anticipated, which is fortunate, and that, that we should be expecting to see these guys back on the field relatively quickly, which is the best news we could possibly hear, especially for younger players trying to earn their spots on this team and get valuable reps. veterans they kind of had those nagging injuries yeah. but uh i mean tomlin said they're minor injuries so nothing to worry about he goes no news is good news yeah so and i mean yeah and so you had a couple yeah, of i mean it's great chris, news chris wormley and, and uh james washington 
were limited and they're still continue to be limited, but they're working their way back. Nothing serious. It seems like there. So, Hey, knock on wood, relatively healthy team. I mean, usually there's always one big injury that'll pop up, pop up in training camp, but with no preseason games, that's going to eliminate a lot of chances to uh, get those kinds of injuries. But I'm thinking the first, the first month of the season is going to be a pretty devastating month as far as for injuries for the entire league. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it'll be littered because it's going to be that first set of contact that they're going into. Yeah. Um, I just know the good thing on the Steelers' behalf, there's been no bad news about seven. I mean, he's out there. He's <laughs> slinging it around. Yeah. I know everybody's worried about the elbow, but I think I'm finally past the point of worrying. Um, but I'm sure people will freak out on his first rest day that don't know that he's already on that you know pitch count that they want him on. So expect that. And great, too, that the Tomlin, I remember he mentioned that he's going by what the doctors say. The doctors say he is fully cleared. He can throw as much as he wants. So, uh, you know, I know they'll still kind of limit his throws like they usually did uh, in training camp even before he was injured. And the best thing that that did last year was it it got the Steelers really to see, you know, how Dobbs was progressing, how um, uh, Rudolph was progressing. And, of course, they got to find that, hey, this Duck Hodges kid can play. So they'll keep rotating him in and out and they'll keep um, um, utilizing him. But it seems like Ben right now, from what I've read, is playing more in practice. And I think it's probably because he had the year off. I mean, I think uh, I was listening to an interview with Bruce Arians and he said, you know, Beth's kind of had that elbow tightness for a while now. It seems it's just been something he's just been throwing for the whole time. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> but uh, back to your point, I mean, it was good that they were able to see, you know, Rudolph come in, they were able to see Duck Hodges. I mean, they even got a chance to bring in Paxton Lynch, yeah. which I want to recall they brought in for a pre-draft visit back when he was hyped up out of Memphis. Yes, they did. But didn't they really pan really out. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. But, I mean, you could tell Roethlisberger wants to take as many snaps as he can out there. Yeah. And so since you mentioned um, a couple people here, I want to start getting into camp battles, one of them being one of the lower ones. But since you mentioned uh, Paxton Lynch and I mentioned Duck Hodges, I think this battle for third uh, quarterback is going to be really interesting because you've got a high pedigree drafted first round draft pick in Paxton Lynch, uh, who the Steelers coveted back in that draft. That was a draft where they ended up selecting Artie Burns after Lynch got drafted. Uh, versus Duck Hodges, who came out of nowhere last year, undrafted, great poise, uh, commanded the offense, and did really well for being an undrafted rookie free agent, getting some wins there for the Steelers. So how do you see this camp battle breaking down then, Stifler? I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, the media, they're really controlled by the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they want to put out there. And, uh, you know, Ben hasn't had that off day yet. So it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of tell who's going to be running with the threes or the twos that day you know, whatever you want to call it. I tend to think that they may take a chance on Lynch. I, I mean, I like Duck Hodges. I, you know, I, I like his personality. I like his, you know, kind of swagger he brings on the field. He seems like he's a great locker room guy. Yeah. But, you know, the Steelers love the bigger quarterback. I mean, Lynch fits that. I mean, I think he's over six foot five easily. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting because this is going to be his first true offseason with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we really don't have an idea of what he can bring. So I tend to lean Lynch because, again, they did go out there and bring him back. Um, Duck Hodges kind of seemed like they brought him back because he was so familiar with the Steelers after Ben went down. So 
I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Are you in, you know, team duck or yeah, what are your I'm, thoughts? I'm with you actually. Um, I hear a lot of chatter, especially with, you know, um, the coaches that are currently in there. You've got Feeler, you've got, um, um, who's the new guy that Canada that they just brought in. Both of them are mentioning yeah. specifically Paxton Lynch and his abilities. So I tend to believe that the Steelers are going to give him a legitimate chance to make this team. Um, Mm-hmm. Just in that fact. Now, here's the benefit, too, of COVID-19 is the practice squad roster is now 16 instead of 10. And that tells me yeah. they're going to keep a fourth quarterback on that roster. And Duck is the perfect guy to stash on there in case there's issues. They can bring him in. They can know he can do it. And, you know, the only thing that hurts me this year is not being able to read those reports from Alec Kazora because he basically wrote down every single thing that would happen in training camp. And you kind of felt like you were there when you do his training camp diaries. So not getting the feel of that battle, you know, we're just purely speculating, but just going on size and talent that press, I mean, Prescott is the, is the guy and the size that you want. Uh, sorry, Paxton, why did I say the man? I got, got brain head, got COVID head going on. But uh, yeah, but Paxton Lynch is, he's huge. He's tall and big and big body, just like Ben is. And that's what they were thinking when they, when they coveted him and they talked about him in that draft. So I think what they're trying to do, even back then when they, when they were thinking about drafting him was kind of finding that person that can kind of be interchangeable with Ben and not even really have to change the system because he's got that strong arm. He can make all those throws. I know Duck doesn't have as strong of an arm, but he's a smart guy. He's a good field general. So you know, it only hurts me that I'm not able to see this competition, but like off of pure speculation, I'm right now on, on Team Lynch. I mean, and like you said, it's just so tough because now with how the Steelers are controlling narrative, like when I was listening to Joe Hayden the other day, um, one of the beat reporters said, uh, you know, can you, can you dive in and tell us what happened? Because he technically can't. So, again, it's all driven by the Steelers, and they're only going to let out, you know, the little things that they want out. So we're, I'm missing those eagle eye, you know, scouts going out there, right every little line, you know, third team, third and two on the, you know, seven yeah. shots, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm missing that this season. I am too. And I've gotten a little touch of that, just doing some review here with uh, Labriola. I know he's throwing out some of that stuff, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, single plays, not the whole progression and what's going on. So, you know, we, we got to take our information where we can in this COVID age. And I'm right now I'm showing uh, Steeler Nation. We're just watching uh, the first padded practice put out by Steelers.com, and that's where the video here is from. I think Tunch and, and Teresa Varley are, are um, uh, talking with each other also while this is going on. But it's a chance to at least see what they get to see when they're on, on uh, site reporting for practice at Heinz Field. So it's also interesting that they're practicing – on the field that they're going to be playing on and not like a multi-sport field. We all thought that they're going to be on South side playing on the, uh, and the multi-sport complex that they have the UPMC complex, but it seems like the Panthers, I believe were occupying it first, but now I don't know what they're even utilizing that facility for, but I guess it's just easier to make sure that they can limit the amount of contact for people that, other than having other teams and other organizations at the same facility. They wanted to make sure that yeah. they're as clean and safe as possible, which is a smart move. See and, the uh, makeshift setup that the Steelers had? Which one? You know, they um, – I don't know if you've been watching The Standard, you know, episode one and episode two where it showed them uh, building building the fitness facilities at Heinz Field, you oh. know, having everything set up. 
I mean, it, it's a good watch, Steelers fans. I mean, if you haven't heard it, haven't watched it yet, it's on uh, the Steelers YouTube page. I think it's on Steelers.com. It's called The Standard. Okay. Um, two episodes out, I think it comes out on Sundays. Um, just plugging that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they show the full scale on how they're kind of, you know, makeshift in Heinz Field. I mean, when the players are working out, they're working out in the tunnels, kind of the stairwell, you know, different things where all of the Steelers fans know well if they've been to Heinz Field. So, yeah. I mean – you know, they're practicing if it's hot outside, cold outside, they're feeling that when they're working out. It's really interesting to, you know, be able to dive in and see kind of how they turn Heinz Field into what would be UPMC, essentially. Yeah, that's a great call because we at least know they only have one field there, but I'm sure that they can do things half and half and special teams can work on one side and they can do stuff on the other side. But that's kind of like what I used to do in high school and probably you as well if you played any of our Steeler Nation players out there, you only had one field in high school, so you kind of had to split it up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, getting back to training camp battles, uh, another one I know Steeler Nation is asking us about is left guard, and we have uh, Filer that moved from um, you know right tackle over to uh, left guard, and he's going up against the new veteran that they brought in, uh, Wisniewski from um, Kansas City most recently, won in the Super Bowl and also won a Super Bowl there with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I honestly, you know, it, Tomlin didn't give any indication. I mean, he's talked about a couple of the other battles uh, in terms of the left guard. You know, I heard him say Filer's pretty much our guy. So um, I think it's going to be Filer pretty much all the way. It shouldn't really be too much of a competition there. Um, but with Newski, uh, I mean, I saw the other day when Pouncey was out, he was actually um, taking snaps with Ben. I don't know if that went on in practice. I didn't get that. Um, but in the little training camp videos that they have live from training camp on Steelers.com, I was able to see, you know, he was snapping the ball with Ben. So, I mean, he may be one of those guys that, you know, flops between left guard, right guard, and center, just depending if any injuries or even worse than injuries is COVID, you know, strike the Steelers roster. You hit the nail on the head there, Stifler. That's exactly why they brought him in. And this is a – I just wrote about this. I'm on the forum at uh, SteelerNation.com, and I just discussed this this morning when we were talking about uh, different players and what I'm, I mentioned about Wisniewski is this is kind of the first time the Steelers have brought in a veteran to kind of be that swing interior lineman because he's an he's probably the best backup center we've had behind Pouncey in the longest time because everybody else that we brought in was kind of like you know a young guy that can kind of play center but it's more like a guard and can handle snapping duties but fortunately you know Pouncey's been fairly healthy his entire career other than the one season but you know, but Wisniewski can play. He's a, he's an NFL center. He's an NFL guard. He's started games in the NFL playing both of those positions and playing them at a high level and at Super Bowl level. So it's great to have that fallback in case there's a problem. We've got an actual guy that's been there, done that, that can do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the last backup center for the Steelers I remember is uh, Bronco Ligurski. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was coming in there strong, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've been blessed, you know, having Pouncey healthy for most of the time he's been with the Steelers. I know he had a little run uh, kind of in the middle where he had those couple injuries, but you know, the past few seasons, he's been pretty well, but uh, yeah, I mean, with Zussi, I think he's dynamic. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl, which is huge. So that's going to help him even mentor someone like Kevin Doxson along the way, you know, when he got, gets back on the field. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's no slight to Wisniewski in terms of his talent. It's just, you know, I think Filer's a guy. Um, they have every intention of bringing him to left guard. So, um, with Ramon Foster uh, retiring. So, uh, 
like I said, I don't think too much competition there. And then with Matt Filer moving and vacating that starting right tackle spot, you've got two up-and-comers. Honestly, these guys have been showing all last year, even in training camp and in regular season games, both of them got significant action at right tackle and swing tackle last season, and that's Chooks, uh, a core of four, and Zach Banner. Uh, Zach Banner being the basically the swing tackle that everybody wanted to cheer for every time his name and number was, was announced as tackle eligible. And also, but the one game where Filer did slide over when um, uh, Foster was hurt and started at that left guard spot, they brought up Chooks, a core four, to be the starter and kept Banner at the swing guard role. So this is more of a battle to me that I see it as a huge mountain of a man in Zach Banner, who's probably the biggest, both in like size and girth put together like six eight three fifty i mean this this guy has to diet to stay at 350 and he's, he's just a monster of a man against you know the pedigree and the athleticism and the wingspan of chooks so i see this as being a great matchup how do you see this as looking for you stiffler i mean so i had like a little theory where this would play out perfectly for the steelers give banner the right tackle position then that way, um, you know, with Alejandro Villanueva, his contract being up, you know, Chooks could just go over to left tackle. Then we have both of our tackles solidified right there. But, um, you know, last season, you know, Chooks was in there at right tackle over Banner, um, you know, for the one game against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think he was able to hold his own. I mean, he did have the Castro by him. Um, but not only that, I mean, Chooks got the pedigree. Um, Western Michigan, he was actually first team All-American when he came out. Um, you know, I think he was also all Mac as well um, the season prior. So, I mean, he has that pedigree to him. Um, you know, he, he's also – we knew he was going to be a project coming out. I think everybody knew that. But, you know, now that he's in that second season, um, I mean, him and Banner have had exact same amount of time. I think Chuke's got him by a couple of weeks because Banner signed on a couple weeks into the 2018 training camp. Yeah. Um, I, I, just, I just think it's going to be Chuke's job because from what I've seen in the few pictures that have come out, I think I see 76 in there, but, you know, I'm not going to count out Banner. He's hungry. I mean, you know that. I mean, he's a fan favorite. Yes. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves his social media content. So, uh, you know, I'm, it, it's going it's to be well done just because, you know, Chicks could slide over and he's also a swing tackle. So they do have depth there, but yeah. um, I think it's just going to make both of them better in the long run. So I'm excited to see it, but I do lean a core for. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going against you on this one. I'm actually leaning more toward Banner. I'm hearing some a lot of good positive talk out of camp. Uh, the guy is a – I mean, even though he didn't have the pedigree, um, he was highly, highly recruited coming out of uh, high school. He's, he was as good at basketball as he was at football back when he started playing at, uh, at USC, but unfortunately his hip injury took him out completely out of, uh, of basketball. So – you know, that and, and his biological father is Lincoln Kennedy. So, you know, it's, it, it, he's got the, the genes, he's got the, and that gives him the size. And he, he seems like he really wants to fight this year. So I'm giving him a slight edge right now. But obviously, like, they're such great friends. When I interviewed uh, Zach Banner also, and I talked to him about how this uh, matchup is going to go and how this camp battle is going to go, and he's like, you know, man, it's, it's it's tough and it's great because I'm going up against my best friend. Like he and, and Chooks are inseparable on the field when they're hanging out. And no matter what, you know, one of us is going to be a starter in the NFL and I will be 
you know, more than happy and supportive if he becomes that starter. And I know he will do the same to me if, if I become the starter. So to me, that was like a really big thing to say, a genuine thing. And it wasn't like that, you know, kind of like trying to avoid it. He's very genuine. He really does uh, appreciate, you know, Filer and, and Chooks and the people there that have helped him to learn to become better and better every week as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And I mean, you can't discount the uh, close disagreements he got in with TJ Watt the other day. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, yes. you know, he's got some fight in him. You know, yes, he's got he some does. fight in him. <laughs> and um, then the, the, fat, the last uh, real camp battle that I could see is, is the only spot that's up and available on defense. And that's nose tackle with uh, Hargrave leaving. And he actually ended up subbing in and he, Hargrave ended up being a t essentially taking over uh, Stefan Tuitt's spot there too is the, uh, the the second tackle, more of a three to five tech as opposed to a a three to three across the zero tech that the nose usually plays. But now we have you know Tyson Alualu. You got Bugs that was drafted a few years back, and you've got the one of the longest tenured players in the city of Pittsburgh, <laughs> Big Dan McCullers, who always seems to hang around, and <laughs> he's still in the mix. So. Uh, how do you see this one breaking down? I mean, this one's tough. Uh, I don't think Bugs is going to end up getting the nod there. I mean, he was – I thought he was impressive from Alabama. Um, you know, he, he was impressive last year in the you know, limited amount of snaps that he had. But, you know, he was able to step up in a big way. So, I think he's going to keep progressing in that aspect. Yeah. Um, between Alu-Alu and Big Dan McCullers, um, you know, I think I'm going to give it to the – uh, Alu Alu, I think he he was kind of that next man up behind uh, Hayward and Hargrave last year when Tua went down. Yeah. And I mean, he held his own. He was very impressive. Um, I don't see Nostackle being a position that they see on the field a lot this year. I'm going to see a lot of you know sub packages, but I just think Alu Alu just being the veteran presence because I mean he did join the Steelers, I think roughly two to four seasons ago. Um, yeah. I remember him coming out of Washington as well. He was pretty um, hyped up, I believe. But uh, I'm going to give it to him. Um, you know, Big Dan McCullers have always seemed to have kind of that little thing that holds him back. Um, I don't know, maybe this year with the, you know, the weight loss, you know, I heard he's transformed his body as well. Yeah. He may be that guy. But like I said, I think I'm going to lean with Tyson. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't think it's a position we see a lot of on the Steelers' defense this year. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm with you there exactly, Stifler. I, I think Bugs is probably going to end up being more of a backup uh, three to five tech, uh, more the outside behind um, the uh, the all pros and Pro Bowlers we have to it and stay, and um, and Hayward, um, Big Dan obviously been there, done that. Probably going to hang on the roster again as a backup nose tackle. But the coaching staff has already started to chirp a little bit too about Alu Alu and about how well. Uh, he looks this year and how excited they are. he is to be really that defensive tackle uh, spot. And I thought, you know, Chris Wormley would have been possible to bring into that role. But after seeing his size and speaking with him and interviewing with him, he's, he's definitely a three to five tech. He plays on the outside. He's not interested in being a, a nose tackle really at all. So kind of looks like um, Alu Alu will have the advantage then in this matchup. But uh, we'll have to come yeah. back and hit on this a little bit later on in training camp to see how it turns out. <laughs> So yeah, and it's funny about Wormley though because they have him listed on Steelers website as a nose tackle, but it's something that it doesn't seem like he's going to be involved in at all. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that, and that's the interesting thing too. Like I said, because that's why 
one of a lot of the big questions from Steeler Nation when I was interviewing him was like, "Hey, how does it look like? How did you have you played nose before? What, what's it like playing nose tackle?" And then my first thought asked him, I was like, "Hey, uh, have you ever played nose before?" He's like, "Never, nope." <laughs> I was like, "So, are you expecting to play any nose tackle?" He's like, "You know, I will play wherever they tell me to play, but I'm not really built to play that position. That's you know, I'm more of an outside guy, outside interior lineman." And uh, he is disruptive. He's good at getting his hand in the air. And, and he's going to be – I think he's going to be a great depth addition anyway behind to it. And um, and, and uh, Hayward and, and kind of filling in that gap too with uh, – if Alulu is going to be more toward the middle, not having Hargrave, it's nice to have that support structure with a good veteran that we know that can step in and still play should anything happen to our, to our top two. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and Direct Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. From tight muscles through workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wesserland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion on your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, then send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Now the last part, the last segment we wanted to discuss today was... Projecting the roster. So uh, I know you've projected a roster already for SteelerNation.com. We discussed it a little bit last night, texting back and forth. And I want to get your take on this current Steeler roster. I imagine it's going to be, you know, there's 53 people. Three of them are usually the special teams. Always Mm -hmm. special teams. You know, your your long snapper is going to be locked in at Canada. Um, You've got, you know, your kicker is Boz and your punter is Barry. Those three guys are locks. Now, outside of those three, did you go 
with the remaining 50 players? Did you go 25 offense, 25 defense, or did you slant one more toward the other on the other side of the ball? I mean, that's the interesting part, I think, with the Steelers roster, um, especially with the COVID offseason. Um, you know there's going to be three quarterbacks. I know last season they initially went in with technically three, but then traded Dobbs away before that first game. So they went into week one with two quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely going to be three there because of COVID. I think you know the six wide receivers that are locked in. It's going to be Smith-Schuster. It's going to be DJ. It's going to be James Washington, Claypool, Switzer, and Deion Kane. Um, there shouldn't be any questions yeah. there. Um, I think the interesting part that kind of lies for the Steelers ahead is, you know, where are you going to add the extra player? Are you going to add a fifth safety? Are you going to bring in a sixth cornerback? Um, how many running backs do you bring in? I know that's been a hot topic of discussion. Yeah, because yeah, who's really going to be that running, running back? Running back room. How many do they have in the room right now? Eight, I believe. Yeah, I think I think it's eight, and I'm pretty sure that does include T.J. Watt. Wow. Okay. Oh, you mean Derek Watt? Yeah. Yeah. Derek Watt. Derek. Watt. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Easy. COVID brain. We got it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so, no. so then the running backs, then how do you see with, with so many running backs, one will be a fullback and that will be uh, Derek Watt. And then, then what do they keep three running backs or four running backs after him? Uh, well, you're going to have James Conner, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland. Those are all locks on the roster. Shouldn't be any question about it. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think it depends where they want to add that extra player. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, I mean, the practice squad are now expanded to 16 players. So, um, you know that fourth quarterback is going to be there. Could they do what they did last season where they have, you know, a guy like Trey Edmonds hang back? Could they do Kareth White on the practice squad again? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's kind of what's going to be interesting. And then, I mean, Jalen Samuels is a wild card. Um, yeah. Is he going to get left behind with Anthony McFarland? Does he do anything better than the other running backs? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I mean, is he a better receiver than James Conner? I, I, I will tell you the one likely. thing he does better than any single running back on the team, and it's something he doesn't get a lot of credit for, and he is the best receiver in our running backs room. And he came out of college basically as a slot receiver, scat back. Uh, he saw 300 catches in college, and he set the uh, or tied um, Le'Veon Bell's record last year in the one game with the most receptions by a receiver out of the backfield or a running back out of the backfield with 11. I think he had 11 in that game. 11 or 12 is around there. So yeah. he, he does give you that option. I always wanted them to really utilize him and rotate him in, in that basis as that extra receiver out of the backfield to do play action and actually have a, a legit receiver then move. But it seems like with injuries, they never really got to fit him in that role. And the injuries across the entire line just kind of stopped the ability for the Steelers to even kind of just plug and play for different opportunities because they were just so thin they just had to put the healthiest people out there they really couldn't have a lot of fun with personnel matchups yeah i mean like i was saying yeah it's it's arguable that he does anything better because if you do a passing situation i mean james connor can he's a better pass pro than jim samuel i think connor's ah, proven that definitely. and definitely. then he has and then he does have the ability to come out the backfield um, Benny Snell, he plays that tough Benny Snell football around the goal line. I mean, he's leaned up. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does with that. And then, you know, there's been a couple reports that Anthony McFarland has been going deep on a couple pass plays. Yeah. And I know Bush was there step for step with him on one of them, but wow. it seems like they want to <laughs> be able to bring him, bring in McFarland to kind of be that home run hitter that they 
they've never seemed to really draft that type of running back that has really done that. I mean, I know they have Willie Parker as a, you know, undrafted free agent, but, you know, they drafted guys like Chris Rainey, three Archer to kind of come in and play that type of role. So it'll be interesting to see the running back room on how it pans out. Nice. With, do they keep a fourth actual running back or, you know, do they go the route where they put a bunch of guys on the practice squad and, you know, bring up as needed? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So then moving on tight ends, I imagine uh, they'll probably keep three as they kept last year. Vince, definitely. Uh, Vance, sorry, McDonald and um, Eric Ebron, the big free agent signing that they had this year, are definitely locks, obviously, that you'd say. So who would win that third spot out of Gentry and Dax? I mean, Gentry had a video come out on social media where he did not look very graceful. Okay. Um, so uh, it, it was pretty tough. He ran uh, like an out and go, and he ended up dropping a pass. I think he also tripped over his own feet. It did not look good. Okay. Um, I know Dax Raymond had that kind of scare the other day, but um, I mean, they, they went out and they actually signed him this offseason. So that kind of intrigues me on, you know, their uh, insight to him as a player and kind of what they think he can bring. Yeah. And then I, I think the real question between the two is just going to be who's the better blocker. Yeah. I think they really need to yeah. be able to have a couple of tight ends that can block. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Vance is probably going to be that blocking guy for the Steelers. Yeah. You know, Ebron's more the flash. You know, he's kind of like their version of the Kelsey and all those receiving tight ends. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to lean Raymond just because it's a different name. Um, yeah. But – I, this one's a complete toss-up. Like I said, whoever ends up hitting the sled harder and does, you know, hold their own on those guys on the edge, they'll yeah. get the nod there. But and it, might, and it might be whoever's healthy. So this is this is how exactly. it might work out for the for the last spot. And then Kevin Rader, I, I meant to, I forgot to mention him as well. He was on the uh, the practice squad last year and, and had some flashes in training camp. Had a touchdown in preseason last year. Uh, I know it's a tougher for him to be able to make it because you know with. Uh, Gentry's pedigree being from a, a bigger school and having better success in, in college as well as Dax. It's, it's going to be a, a tougher move for him, but he, I mean, we'll have to see how that shakes out. And now the, the toughest thing to figure out now that on the offensive side will be the offensive line. So how do you see the offensive line shaping out both with the starters and then obviously with the depth and how many do you think they're going to keep? Yeah, I think they're going to hover between that. Eight's a locked-in number. You know they're going to do that. Um, you know they're going to have uh, a core four villain wave uh, banner at tackle. Uh, at guard, they're going to have the Castro. They're also going to have Filer. Then they're also going to have Wisniewski and Doxon, as long as Doxon's healthy. So, you know, knock on wood that that was just a minor knee injury and nothing was aggravated and, you know, lingering effects. And then they have Pouncey at center. Um, but like I said, I think I've seen Wisniewski play some center. So, yeah. Um, I think the two guys that are kind of up in the air, it's all going to depend on how they develop and how they take advantage of those days when the veterans are off. I know they brought in um, J.C. Hasenauer, I think is his last name, okay. from Alabama, kind of a smaller guy. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be on the bubble for him. Um, and then Derwin Gray, yep. uh, the kid they drafted out of Maryland. You know, yeah. they love Maryland kids. And he was, so, he was playing like um, every position last training camp too, it seemed. They, they threw him basically at all five spots. So, again, I think it's going to be kind of just a, you know, strategy of, you know, do they want to carry that many offensive linemen just in case because you never know with the pandemic going on? Um, Do they think they need depth elsewhere? Like I said, so eight to nine. Um, But I think those two guys are going to be those, you know, bubble guys that might make the team. Nice. Nice. 
So now moving over the defensive side, um, looking at the defensive line, that's probably going to be the easiest to, uh, to, to figure out because uh, generally the Steelers keep six on the defensive line, uh, four on the outside, two on the nose. So uh, which, which are the six that you see uh, fitting in there, Stifler? Yeah, I mean, I, we've discussed them all. Cam Hayward, Stephon yeah. it. both of those guys, they're studs. They're not going anywhere. They just traded for Wormley. He's going to be there. Alu Alu, Big Dan, and Bugs. Those yep. are the six locks. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what guys go on the practice squad because uh, they did sign the XFL sack leader, Kayvon Walker. Yeah, um, yeah, good point. So it'll be interesting to see if they end up bringing him into the fold to the practice squad. But I don't see any more than six right there. Um, like I said, I think you're going to do a lot of sub packages this season. So you're going to have your two down linemen lining up. So uh, I think six is going to be the number there. That's the easiest thing to predict outside the specialist. Yeah, so now moving over to – uh, linebackers, I guess let's start on the middle first because that one's a little bit more interesting to me. Um, obviously, we've got Devin Bush and, and Vince Williams um, locked in as starters. Um, Steelers seem to be pretty high on Camp Phenom, Ulysses, Ulysses uh, uh, Gilbert. Is his last name? Is that? Yeah. Okay, because I want yeah, to say Ulysses Grant, and I'm like, that's the general <laughs> from the Civil War. So, yeah, Ulysses Gilbert <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. Who else on the inside then is, is competing then uh, to try to get another spot here on the team? Yeah, it looks like, uh, I mean, they're, they're going to carry four. You have to have two backup linebackers. Again, you said Gilbert. They've been impressed with him since last year. He just kind of had, I think he had a herniated disc or a disc slip last season that kind of hindered his progression. Um, so it's going to be interesting to finally see him fully healthy and what he's able to do. But the other two guys, um, I'm not too familiar with them. Robert Spillane and Leo Lewis. Yeah, Spillane, Spillane was a guy out of West at the end of last year. I, I remember he, uh, he stepped back on. And, uh, yeah, so he's, he's this guy that was hanging on the practice squad and got rocked yeah. with the injuries last year, yeah. Yeah, and then they had the undrafted free agent Leo Lewis out of Mississippi oh. State. He's a bigger kid, 6'2", 245. Um, you know, I think it's going to be whoever is fastest and strongest at this point because they're going to be working their way on special teams. Yeah, um, that's it. You know, you know, hopefully there's no injuries there, especially to a guy like Devin Bush because that would hinder what that linebacker room, you know, was able to do last season, how impressive they were from, you know, years past when Chazier went down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a thin position. It's a position of worry going into the season, honestly. And then outside linebackers are locked in. Um, you know, we pretty much are set, though somebody might be cut or will they keep five? I know that they drafted Highsmith there to serve behind Dupree, who was franchise tagged, and Watt, who was all world. Uh, guy is freaking amazing to watch. And uh, then they had two guys last year that were flashing in camp in, in um, uh, Oli Adani and uh, Tuzar Skipper, who actually – got picked up by the Giants, and then the Steelers made sure to sign him back off of their practice squad before the end of last year because they, they really liked the way Tuzar was looking last year, but his only problem was he didn't play special teams. So do you see them keeping five uh, outside linebackers, or do you see somebody else coming into the mix here? What are your thoughts? Um, I think this is going to – it's another one of these iffy positions where it's like, do they keep four, do they keep five? Um, I think they're going to end up keeping five. They like to rotate those guys in. They like Watt and, um, you know – but Dupree coming in fresh in the fourth quarter. So that way they're ready to amp it up because, you know, they're going most of the game. So uh, Highsmith, you know, Ola, they're pretty much locked in to be those guys' backups. Um, they brought in a guy, Lockhart, undrafted free agent. He seems kind of thicker out of Baylor. Um, 
look what would be kind of more like that run stopping size. Um, I think they're going to end up keeping Skipper and I think they're going to sign him onto the roster, um, making them the 53, just because again, after he was signed by the Giants, um, the Giants let him go. They immediately went out there the next day, picked him up. Um, I know they had a couple injuries last season, but uh, I think Skipper's going to end up making it just because, again, they wanted to keep him. They wanted to bring him back. Um, I'm sure he'll learn to play special teams this season. Yeah, that would be ideal for him to make the team. So now we get to move on to the secondary. Let's start at corner. I know corner's a little bit more convoluted because you've got your two outsides, and then you have your uh, your slot receiver. And generally, they, the Steelers keep about six of them, I think, for like two slots, four outside. Um, it's neat to have – I mean, starters are set with uh, Nelson, with Hayden we spoke about earlier. You got Hilton, who I love in the slot, and also you got uh, Sutton, who's kind of back up in the slot, comes in in the dime, and kind of can play anywhere, uh, if anything yeah. happens to anyone else. So past those four, how do you see the rest of it shaking out? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk cornerback and safety in one because there's going to be a total of 10 defensive backs. It just depends. Okay. Is it 5-5? Five five? Is it 4-4? Four and four? Um, It'll be interesting to know because the wild card in the Swiss Army knife is Cam Sutton. Um, I know they've talked about getting him on the field as much as possible. Slot corner, dimebacker, um, yeah. third safety. Yeah. I mean, they say he, he's just beyond light years smart and knows every position in the secondary. Nice. So does that impact? Do they keep, you know, four technical safeties on the roster and bring in a sixth quarter? Um, not sure, but I, but I think Justin Lane, uh, he had the injury bug last year. Um, I think he might've been on the COVID list this off season, finally came off of it or he yeah, had a nagging injury. Yeah. I forget which one. Um, he's a kid out of Michigan state, long, lean, um, kind of look, you know, kind of has that Ike Taylor look to him, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but then they got a couple guys that, um, I've, I've been seeing a lot of, there's been Alexander Myers. Uh, he's number 35. It's going to be the easiest way to memorize him. Uh, he seems like he's been out there on quite a bit of pictures with on, you know, Steelers.com. Um, and then they had got a guy last name Bandy out of Miami. He's kind of like a tougher, shorter guy. Kind of reminds you of that Mike Hilton type. And I mean, oh, cool. you know, they may be trying to find that next Mike Hilton because his contract is going to be up at, again at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where does that six cornerback come in? And I think it all relies on Cam Sutton and kind of how much they want to use him and distribute him because I mean, at safety, all pro make Fitzpatrick, our savior, everybody loves him. Yep. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, who this is, this is his year. He's been getting some rave reviews in the run game. Yeah. Um, you know, coming up, making a couple hits. Um, then after that, you have Dangerfield. He's, he's been a lock steady special teams player for Pittsburgh for, uh, I don't know five, ten years, it seems like. He seems like he's always on the team. Um, they went out no respect, and, though, that danger field. Gets no respect, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> but then also you got um, Antoine Brooks Jr. He's right out of uh, Maryland. They kind of hyped him up to be also a dimebacker potential there because he's a hitter is what, what they say. But then, yeah. you know, after that, they also signed Curtis Riley, I think formerly of Oakland. He was last in Oakland with where they were at. Yeah. So, you know – He's kind of a veteran presence. He has a couple years in the league more than most people. And then um, you also got Marcus Allen out of Penn State. And he seems like he's a locker room favorite. You see yeah. him on everybody's Snapchats and videos. So, you know, he's he's probably a special teams guy. Um, you know, those are, you know, between Bandy, Myers, Riley, um, Allen, and uh, – The other guy that made the Marcus roster Allen. last year, start with a K, his last 
what was the uh, the other safety that was on the on the roster? Man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, the AFL guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, I can't. I can't team, think of his name. He was raw. Yeah. I, <laughs> here we are, Steeler Nation. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll great, great minds at work. Yeah. But, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find. Uh, yeah, like I said, there there's about those five players that are going to take that tenth DB spot. Um, honestly, I think they probably throw it at six cornerbacks. You want to match your cornerbacks with your wide receivers there. Um, yeah. I'm going to give the link to leave the lean to Bandy there. Uh, I think he's going to kind of be that, you know, tough Mike Hilton type guy, kind of scrappy. So, um, you know, it, like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they divide that up because, I mean, you have a couple guys like Brooks and Sutton that kind of swap in between and play all these multiple positions. Yeah. So there's plenty of ways the Steelers can go on that roster. Um, and then like we talked about at the beginning, specialists are not even it's Canada. It's very, Boswell's back. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at for our 53. A couple of hard decisions to come. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And as we get closer, I'd like to have you back and, and really kind of solidify it because it's fun to kind of guess and figure out who's going to be on the roster when the final roster is set. So that would be a lot of fun. Oh, to man. <laughs> oh, I'd be honored to be back. Awesome. <laughs> so um, now we've reached the point of the podcast where it's time to take questions from Steeler Nation. And if you're over at SteelerNation.com, you jump on the forum. I usually ask for questions there. Sometimes I'll post on Twitter when I remember because I'm very socially inept in social media. But when I do do it, <laughs> I appreciate all the questions we get in. So from uh, Drink Iron City, he has a couple for us here. And um, first he asks us, has there been any particular standout training camp players? And from what I've read from reports, and, and uh, I'll just go off of a few that, that I've heard about, and I need you to fill me in then after Stifler then uh, for other people. So um, Ulysses Gilbert, I know, has been – we talked about him earlier. I mentioned Alex Kazora loved him last year in camp. High praise for him. Steelers have high praise for him, so much high praise that they, they ended up not drafting an interior li- linebacker this year. And he's already getting buzzed this year as well. And he it looks like – they're probably going to be working him, and there's talks about working him into that, that Baron Batch role, kind of coming in as, in those passing downs to, to help um, help Vince Williams. And, and so Vince Williams wouldn't have to be on the field for those longer passing down plays. And I, I think that would just be a fantastic way to use the guy. Uh, you mentioned earlier Terrell Edmonds with the run support, and, the, and also earlier before that when they were in passing uh, drills, there was some uh, chatter that came out about Edmonds even improving in the passing game, which is huge because he had some pro- problems with angles last year. I know Steeler Nation was, was hard on him for that things, but as soon as he gets everything Very hard. and knows where he's going to be, and it seems like the defense is locked and it's locked for the first time in years. Uh, so it's going to be nice that he knows the people and he's going to know everyone's role and he's going to be able to play off of that. We also mentioned McFarlane, good burst and speed, uh, and Big Ben, obviously coming back to me, I think is the biggest uh, training camp plus that we have. Um, one thing that I also noticed was when Kevin Dotson was hurt, Ben Roethlisberger helped him off the field, which means he was running some plays with the first team offense. So that tells me that they're already kind of high on his ability. And I know we, they rotate some people in and out. I know DeCastro has been out. So he was probably filling in for that DeCastro spot. So that, that's pretty high. And that's, that is the exact same. He played right guard in college as well. Um, so that's probably where he's going to be the most comfortable uh, coming in. So, you know, 
that's a, a nice thing to do, but at, at least I've also heard just like everybody looks hungry as hell. The, 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 the pregame when Ben came back throwing and they showed him throwing to Connor and Juju and, and Switzer and, uh, you know, this, this stuff is just, <laughs> just exciting as hell for me. So who have you heard, you heard any chatter on then, Stiffler? Um, so the future $100 million man, TJ Watt, they said uh, he's in midseason form. You know, they, they said, you know, he's made a couple of plays that are just, you know, ball got handed off the running back right there. He was able to track it down, I think, on either McFarland or Benny Snell. Um, again, he had a couple of close disagreements. So, you know, he was fighting there with Banner. Uh, they just said he looks like he's in midseason form. So he's going to be a lock to come in. Um, you know, we talked about Claypool. Um, Claypool had some pretty high praise, again, from Hilliard, just based on his size, speed, and natural ability. Yeah. Um, and then Joe Hayden raved about Claypool. Um, Claypool actually has gotten better of Joe Hayden from what Hayden has wow. been saying <laughs> on a couple of plays. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in particular, the one play Hayden described was, you know, they were doing seven shots. They yeah. got like a two-yard line. Claypool had a back shoulder fade on him. Uh, Hayden knew he wasn't going to be able to actually, you know, jump up in front of him, so he tried to knock the ball away. The young guy came down with it. Um, he described Claypool as, you know, big, big, deep threat with soft hands. So, I mean, those rave reviews right there on Claypool, I mean, that's pretty big. Um, you know, outside of those two, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head on everybody, uh, you know. Ben, obviously the big one, zipping the ball around. Then you had Doxon running with the ones. He's been impressive. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've heard as well. Yeah, and also just one quick mo notion about Ben. I, I heard that Tomlin kind of walked back his statement. He first said, like, he's, he's doing well, but his arm strength, his arm strength looks great, but the spiral just isn't as tight as I was used to seeing. And now he came back out and said, that spiral's looking nice and tight now. It looks great. So, you know. <laughs> Now, throw, I think it was more of the coach throwing a little shade. <laughs> Not throwing shade, but just like motivating his player a little bit. Hey, you know, I yeah. can't say just nothing but excellent things about Ben Roethlisberger. He's got to work, work his way back as well. So <laughs> that's, a, that's the important stuff. So second question then from Drink Iron City. Do we have any more scuttlebutt on the TJ Watt and Zach Banner scrumble? Um, basically, only what we've read and that is essentially they've got into a couple scuffles. Now, what I can do is I can elaborate on what it means for these guys going at it. It's TJ Watt is the Watt family are ultra competitors. And they don't just want to be, you know, great. They want to be the best ever at everything that they do. And Zach Banner has a fire in him as well that he really wants to show that he can lock down that right tackle spot. And if these guys are getting into scuffles multiple times, it's a competitive edge that is making them stronger going up against each other. I think it's going to make each other better. And it's showing that each one is getting a little bit under their skin because of how competitive each one is. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they couldn't give any more details outside of a close disagreement because of the COVID um, they don't want to say that they got into a fight, that they were on top of each other. Um, yeah. Just the wording of it's hilarious. Close disagreement. <laughs> Close disagreement. That's a perfect way to say it. <laughs> so uh, third one up here, we, we got um, some, some questions on uh, Ryan Shazier. And uh, will Ryan Shazier make the team on ability or will he, will he be like essentially a shirt tail 
addition, friendship addition to the team. What are your thoughts on that, Stefan? So, uh, Ryan Switzer is who we're talking about, folks. Um, just yeah, to clarify, sorry. not Shay. Not Shay. <laughs> no, did I say Shay's here? My gosh, that's my problem <laughs> when I'm trying to do twenty things at once. No, <laughs> no, it's fine. But um, you know, Ryan Switzer. Uh, you know, there was a report that uh, he scored the touchdown at the end of practice the other day when they were doing the two minute drill. Um, no pads, just helmets. So, you know, take it for what it is. But uh, I mean, I think Switzer is going to be locked in. Um, he brings a reliable punt returner to the team. I know Deontay Johnson, you know, he was a little risky back there at punt returner. Um, he also got loose with the ball a couple of times, even at the receiver position. So they may put Switzer back there just as a reliable, hey, if we have a bad weather game, he's back there. Um, but the Steelers have always liked kind of like the smaller slot receiver can get three to seven yards. I mean, they did it all the time with Eli Rogers until Switzer came on board. So uh, I, think he's pre- I think he's pretty much a lock. Um, at this point, like I said, um, he's going to he's going to basically occupy that slot role when, you know, the, when they go five wide receivers, which they may not a lot. But, yeah. you know, that's to be seen at this point. Yeah. But uh, different. Yeah, I think it's both. And, and I just showed a picture up here. Steeler Nation. It's showing um, how how Ryan Switzer has transformed his body. I'm just happy I'm not calling him Barry Switzer because I always put the old cowboy. <laughs> That damn 95 season. Damn you, Switzer. So, uh, no, but Ryan Switzer has transformed his body this year. He is a sculpted masterpiece. Uh, I've, I've never seen a slot receiver on the Steelers with this build. Um, you know, we're used to seeing more of the, the lanky, quick twitch guys that are also, you know, very strong. But, I mean, this guy's more of like a pit bull strong as opposed to being like more of a, a speed strong. So, if you ask me, can he do it? I think he's got a real good chance of really, like, making the team on his own merits. Ben loved throwing the ball to him, too, and that was the big thing back when um, he was really more of a part of the offense when Ben was there on the team. So if he's going to make the team, I mean, Ben's going to be happy as hell because he is good friends with with, uh, Switzer, but I don't think that for a second that Coach Tomlin would put a receiver on the team that wasn't the best at that position that would help that team win. Yeah. I mean, like we said, he's friends with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, they have that connection there, so that's going to be great. And, I mean, like you said, Tomlin's not going to put a guy on the roster just because he's friends with somebody. That's not Mike Tomlin's style. Yeah. Um, he's going to put him on the team. He's going to use him. So, um, last question from DIC. He says, are you guys live at training camp, or what is your actual location? And I have to let you know, I would love to be at training camp in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, watching these guys go through it because then I could have daily reports and let you guys know exactly what's going on. Uh, but unfortunately, I reside in Mount Airy, Maryland, which is smack dab between Frederick, Maryland and Baltimore and, and enemy territory. But uh, And then Stifler, of course, he's been telling us a couple times here on the, on the call that he's in Tampa. Which, which uh, borough of Tampa are you in? Because I know there's a bunch of little cities there in that Tampa area. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm more towards uh, the north, uh, northeast area, towards it, um, you know, kind of on your way towards, like, the Lakeland area where the Pounties are from, um, yeah. you know, famously. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm outside of downtown. I'm not too close to TV12 and everything going on there, um, you know not too close to BA as well, Bruce Arians, but yeah, I mean, the, the closest I'm getting to training camp at this point is, you know, I'm pulling up um, Missy from Steelers.com. They're doing training camp live on there on most days. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to listen into the zoom calls on the YouTube page afterwards. Um, 
So again, we're, we're limited to what they give us at this point, which isn't much, but I mean, if I was there, you know, watching training camp at Heinz Field with a lot less people and you're able to just kind of dissect, you know, lay back and watch away, that'd be great. So I've got a question for you then, Stifler. Since you're in Tampa Bay, I mean, how is all this craziness going on now for Tom Brady being in there? Have you been following their training camps as well? And have you gotten any news about what's, what's going on with, uh, with crazy Tom Brady in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, you know, tried to work out in the park, and the park ranger kicked him out when he first moved down here. So, you know, <laughs> that's a funny little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, a couple of funny things in the news have come out. Um, you know, he's at Derek Jeter's house. That's where he's staying with his family. But, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is raving about him. You've seen a bunch of 12 jerseys. You know, you've seen a bunch of the Tampa Bay or TB12 shirts. Um, you know, the area is pretty excited after, you know, Jameis Winston, the 30 for 30 experiment that they had last season. Yeah. So. Um, everybody's interested and again you know everybody loves bruce arians down this way um you know he's a fiery guy you know yeah. that's one of ben's guys too yeah. so yeah. it'll be interesting um you know the little tidbits from the practice i've heard um you know it's not dinking dunk tom brady like it felt like in new england i mean he had he's been hitting people for 60 yard bombs apparently so that's, yeah that's arians it'll be interesting yeah he likes to get, to get that ball downfield so um Last question from Steeler Nation comes to us from Black and Gold Bleeder, and he wants to know the rep splits at middle linebacker for whoever is there next to Bush, kind of waiting, wanting to know the actual status of Gilbert versus uh, Vince William. And that's what we just touched on a little bit earlier. It's like, we, unfortunately, we don't know the rep splits and where they're sitting. I mean, as much as we're trying to read, the only thing that we hear is that there's a lot of chatter out of camp that Gilbert's doing well and that there's talk of him possibly filling in that Baron Batch role from last year, which means he's going to be on the field in passing down sets and, and a little bit more often as opposed to just being a straight backup. But as far as for the run game, I personally don't see anybody on the field doing it better than Vince Williams. Uh, he's definitely our best run-stopping linebacker. Great on blitz, too. He's, he's great when he, he, he can read the lanes, he reads the gaps. Um, anything else that you see or you can add to, Stifler? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how much they go to linebacker when they go in their sub packages. Will they bring in Gilbert? Will they bring in one of those dimebackers like they were talking about with Camp Sutton or even bringing Terrell Edmonds down in the run game? Yeah. Um, they, you know, that's to be seen. But, I mean, I, I echo your sentiment about Vince Williams. I mean, he's a hell of a blitzer. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, he seems like he's kind of gone on the James Harrison Debo diet this offseason mm -hmm. with a couple of the workout videos he's pulled out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think Vince Williams, he's got a chip on his shoulder. And I think, um, you know, if they're lacking in the pass rush department, Vince Williams will see a lot more third downs than he did, you know, the season prior. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think Vince is a slouch either. I mean, he's a veteran in the game. So, I mean, if we're talking rep splits when they go to linebackers, probably 70-30 um, Williams to Gilbert whenever, you know, dictating that number two to Bush. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Bush is going to get out as well. So, I mean, Gilbert's going to have enough reps in there to uh, – you know, be a Steeler household name that you can see, you know, what he's bringing to the field. Mike Stifler, you hit it out of the park for your first Steeler Nation podcast, man. Great job today. And Steeler Nation. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta follow him on Twitter. He is at StiffEasy underscore. That's at S-T-I-F-F-E-E-Z-Y underscore. Because he's a, as you see, he's a wealth of information, wealth of knowledge. We're happy to have him here follows training camp as well and thank you very much mike for joining us here on the podcast and making the stifler striker connection here work 
Oh man, it was a pleasure. You know, I've been waiting to get on here, but you know, now that news is pumping out, um, yeah. you know, hopefully we see each other's faces more. We're able to talk about what's going on during the season. You know, yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Love to, love to. Great. And Steeler Nation, you too can get a great, unique gift on the SteelerNation.com gear page. We have every size and color choices to satisfy all of Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews, one being Zach Banner. I really highly recommend checking out the Banner interview, especially since he's competing right now. Um, or click the forum button to, for the best football discussion on the internet. You can also download podcasts anywhere, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SteelerNation.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there, the SteelerNation.com podcast. Tweet us at SteelerNation, Instagram us at SteelerNation.com, follow our YouTube channel, which is now, we have the license for it, it's, it's uh, C slash SteelerNation, YouTube slash C slash Steeler Nation. Uh, that you can also follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast, or follow me, your host on Twitter and Instagram at SN striker and striker is spelled with a Y. Thank you for joining us again for the SteelerNation.com podcast. I'm your host G striker with Mike Stifler rooting along with you as always go Steelers. Sports are coming back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.